Synthaholics. Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today we are back at Dune, but we have a very special show because we have our first guests for Dune, people who are actually brave enough to go on Planet Arrakis with us. We have the the, the two guys from Conspira Normal. We have Adam Sane and Serfiel from the uh, Conspira, Mor- Conspira Normal podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey, yeah. thanks for having us. Awesome, man. Yeah, thank you for having us, Aaron. You've yes. actually you've actually been on our show. Yes, I have. Uh, yeah, I was on for, uh, talking about my graphic novel, Return to Snakeland. Uh, Snakeland! Mm-hmm. Snakeland! Which, Serfiel had all the knowledge there already. He knew everything about it, so it was... Right, uh, like the great ski mask! Yes, exactly. Uh, today, uh, we are in Chapter 27. Uh, you have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and Dave Duncan. Dave, how you doing? I, I'm doing good. Uh, uh, the Dune trailer dropped this week, and I, I'm I'm so excited. Yeah, uh, did you guys get a chance to watch that Dune trailer? Yeah, I watched it yesterday, yeah. I've watched any, it any thoughts? a couple times. A couple times. <laughs> it, it looks good. Um, I'm just worried about the the characters you know but i mean mm-hmm. i've it's one of those things you know i mean the not like the lynch movie uh well i don't want to be too blasphemous but but you know like if you're really into dune yeah, um, the lynch movie just it was like uh, a character sketch yeah yeah and uh but i worry about like the actors a lot of uh younger actors in really dramatic roles now i don't know if it's just because i'm older but mm-hmm. uh you know just worrying about them trying to fill some of those shoes for these fictional characters um that i know from all the books you know i mean it's just regular nerd shit you know of course i'm gonna have some issue and then the whole thing of like you know this is like your favorite band getting a major label deal or something and then the right. next album comes out and you're like oh man their old stuff is cool you know it's everybody and it becomes everybody's thing yeah when, like dune especially was really like this um you know kind of like elitist sci-fi nerd thing uh for so many people so so but it, it looks it looks really good it looks good yeah it's um, it's it's metallica's black album <laughs> yeah, where, yeah, where everyone yeah. goes like man they sold out but there's some good songs on that album there's some great songs on that album. <laughs> so who does uh who, who does aquaman play duncan i duncan Idaho. okay okay all right, cool. He changed. He changed. Uh, you know, biosphere. So now he's no longer in water. He's in and was that? Uh, was that Benedict Cumberbatch? Is one of the Harkonnens? Was that who that was? No, no that's, that's Drax um, the Destroyer. Uh, yes, yeah, the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy Batista. is. Uh, oh, Batista. okay, okay, Batista, Dave Batista. Okay, I was like, dude, is that Benedict Cumberbatch in like a bunch of like in like a. Like a big muscle suit or something? Like <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's, it's Drax the Destroyer. We got um, we got uh, 
Oscar Isaac as Duke Leto. I don't know yeah. the kid who's playing Pa, but at least he looks like a kid since he's supposed to be 14 in the book. Whereas, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Timothy Sh- uh, Chalmaine or Chalmaine or something like that, Chalmaine. Whereas Kyle um, McLaughlin, Mr. Uh, um, <laughs> guy from Showgirls, uh, looked like he was 30 in, in the Dune movie. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I only, I only watched it a couple times, uh, kind of in passing, so. I didn't see if uh, was there any look at any uh, fully uh, evolved guild navigators in there. No, I didn't see that. Okay, because right. I think that's something that I think Lynch did really good. Yeah, like he that freaks scene you out when they that. come in to the em- to, to to the emperor is just like. Yeah, it's yeah. freaks you out. I mean, we barely get a look at Baron Harkonnen. We just get a quick look at. Um, oh, what's his name being played by Batista's character? Um, Kind of, I'm oh, uh, um, Raban. Um, yeah, it starts with Raban. Yeah, yeah Raban. Thank you. We get a, we get a very a quick uh, glimpse at Raban. I mean, since the it's being split up over two two movies, I, I'm guessing we might even get okay. to see the Guild Navigators. I, I, I'm guessing the first movie will end around this ish point. Uh, I, I suspect we'll see the because uh, he's got the visions of Chani, so Chani can show up throughout the movie, and then like I, I would assume. Around the halfway point is right, right, right around when he meets her, so I would assume the movie kind of ends there. But they can show Chani a bunch in his dreams or whatever, so she's got some yeah. screen time in the first half of the film. So she gets paid. Yes. She are you guys? Uh, are you guys members of the uh, Facebook group uh, Dune Siege Posting? I don't know if I'm part of that. I'm not uh, part of that got, one. No. That's like the. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the the ultimate dune community on there it's like um it's mostly like memes and just uh drivel but um it's uh it's pretty good but i heard that they're like on there from from secondhand accounts i heard that they're like removing uh the barons like uh perversions and, and stuff like he's like yeah. a lot of that stuff isn't going to be showcased which i think like adds to his um character yeah. but um yeah and then yeah. also this uh they are removing the word jihad. Yeah, it's and, weird. And doing a crusade. crusade instead. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I guess I there's don't, already. I noticed some, that. Yeah. There's already some controversies. Um, yeah. So as you always got to be careful what you say because some people will take it the wrong way. Because well, yeah, we live I mean, in a much more PC world than 1984. Well, well we live in a post 9/11 world as well, where yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. you look at Dune. It's it's you know taking. You know, uh, an Al Qaeda, whatever you want to call it, terrorist view of of the uh, establishment. But you yeah. can say the same thing about the whole Star Wars franchise. You know, so. exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I just feel like taking jihad away from the thing in Dune like waters it down because I mean, in all of Paul's visions, he's like, this is a horrible thing, but it's probably going to happen. And jihad's right. a horrible thing. Well, Cru- Crusades. Yeah. You think of Crusade as like a good, yeah. noble thing. Right, yeah, and that's kind right. of our Western view. But like the the actual history, though, of well, it's, the Dune it's, it's, it's universe awful. is that these the but but like the origin and, and the colonization of space is by these um, these people called like uh, Boot Islamics and Zen Sunnis. So it's like this uh, uh, this kind of future culture of like uh, Buddhism and Eastern religions and Islam mixed together. And these people go out and colonize the universe. So it's actually, 
it does have actually like references and of course he was like very inspired by um arabic and islamic history and semitic history and like that's where he wove a lot of this stuff together frank did in the first place Mm -hmm. right because the 1960s probably most modern middle america never didn't know much about that stuff so especially someone picking up a sci-fi book so um Although yeah. I, I, I keep reading that they want to make Lady Jessica's part a lot bigger uh, than it was in the book, but her, she's got like almost more screen time than Paul in the first half of the book. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, I mean, so so far, you know, I'm only about halfway through, but it seems like she's. I mean, I know he's supposed to be the the, the lead or whatever, but she's got a lot of because she's with him most of the time. Yeah, she doesn't seem marginal at all to me in the book. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's why I, that's why I was always confused whenever they kept kept saying that uh, they're going to make her part bigger, and I'm like, that's that's weird. Yeah, I mean, like so much of the whole story is just on her, uh, you know, betrayal of the sisterhood and and bearing you know him a son, and uh, it's yeah, she's a big part. I mean, I'm probably yeah, probably, and and then you know the. His father, the Duke, dies so early on, so she, I mean, has a continuing role. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot how it looks, but yeah, totally. Yeah, um, uh, just before we go any further into the Dune uh, universe, I just want to talk about what you guys uh, have going on. So you have the Strange Reality Conference coming up. Uh, this is September 25th and 27th of this year, 2020. Um you guys, in case our audience doesn't know, uh, um, Normal is a podcast, and you guys talk about anything from the paranormal to uh, weird history to conspiracies to UFOs, uh, anything you can think of in that realm. And you guys, last year, put together a conference down there with you guys. You guys are in Nashville. Uh, but of course, COVID shut everything down for plants. So you've done an online version of this presentation for this conference. Yes, we yep. have. Yes, we have. Um, we're doing the online Strange Realities conference September 25th through the 27th. And it's going to be like a two day thing uh, Saturday and Sunday. And we have a night time on uh, an evening time, like four presentations on friday and uh we've got like 21 presenters that are going to be presenting at this thing it's going to be it's going to be pretty massive uh so we're really looking really looking forward to to doing it and uh i know aaron i know you've already got your ticket and you're already in the secret facebook group so thank you sir i would miss it you guys um have got a great lineup of guests and you know so, like, we talk mostly about, on our show, uh, sci-fi, and, you know, we've been mostly a Star Trek, but we talk about other things like The Expanse and even other movies over time. But, you know, like, I think that whether you uh, are a believer in UFOs or the paranormal or any of that, uh, it's just all fascinating to know because it is part of our American culture here, whether we yeah. like it or not, that... This stuff is embedded. It's woven into our fabric of our society. And you guys have, like, the greatest guests, and these speakers are fantastic, uh, the, the people that you have on here. You know, uh, you uh, have John Tenney, 
who uh, he's he's all around just got some crazy uh, uh, different ways of looking at the world, and he's he's reported on all sorts of stuff from the occult to UFOs to you know um, you know the paranormal. He's great. Um, what else you got? You uh, you have uh, Alan Greenfield who uh, he wrote the Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts. And yes. uh, and if you wa- listen to the last twenty minutes of your last uh, episode, uh, was it uh, three three thirty? Yeah, episode yeah. three thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he talks about his Enochian magic ritual. Uh, that was freaked out. Did that give you chills? Yeah, yeah. He talked about the he talked about the hooded figure. Yeah, the hooded figure showing up, and there was like, "Who is that man?" He was like, "What man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an angel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah, creepy. well, I mean, uh, I'll just go down the list for you guys. Yeah, go down who the we list, got? Yeah. Um, you know, you already mentioned uh, Alan Greenfield and John Tinney. They'll be speaking on that Saturday night, and uh, so we've got Brent Rains, uh, who actually is going to start us off on Sunday. He's the editor of Alternate Perceptions magazine, and Brent is. Uh, he was actually actually on that show with yep. um, Alan and uh, the first part that we did with Tim Beckley. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's going to be talking about uh, UFOs and like the, and the paranormal and some of those aspects. Uh, Aaron Gullius is another speaker that we have. He's going to actually start the whole thing off on that Friday. And uh, Aaron is a history professor and the producer of the Saucer Life podcast. And Aaron is going to be talking about kind of like, you know, conspiracies that have like a happy ending, at least for the people that believe in them. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Aaron has a soothing voice. He does. Oh, yeah. he, does. he really does. Yes. I listen to his voice. I'm like, man, that guy really talks well. <laughs> yeah, he does have a really soothing voice. David Metcalf, uh, who's a writer and a researcher. And has been on our podcast several times. All these people have been on our podcast at one time or another. And David's going to be talking about gas station grimoires. In other words, like, uh, how would you describe that, Sergio? Well, um, it's really about how how so much of uh, this um, magical stuff in the American marketplace is really accessible if you just know where to look and that a lot of things that people just write off like uh, things in the farmer's almanac or uh, lottery prediction um, booklets with you know uh, with a, a, a turbaned mystics on the front of them <laughs> and things like that you know how a lot of these things actually um, do have magical uh, operative um, things that you can do with them and uh, that uh, magic is very accessible in the American marketplace and Walmarts and gas stations. Uh, if you really kind of take a, a more down-to-earth and folk look at things, yeah. um, you know, it's something that, that you can find anywhere. Yeah, that uh, you're, you had an episode with him recently, and that was just fascinating. Yeah, he's a really interesting guy. Yeah. Stephanie Quick, who has uh, also been on our podcast, uh, she's going to talk about uh, how to manifest synchronicities in your own life so it's going to be interesting red pill junkie Uh good friend of ours uh all the way way from mexico city yeah yeah all the way from mexico the the international element here he's uh going to talk about some obscure um ufo cases from spain that people have that's uh 
people in the United States don't know a lot about are really mm-hmm. in the whole English speaking world for that matter. Right. He's probably uh, going to wear a wrestling mask through the entire presentation. Yes, yes. Let's hope so. Let's hope that he does. Uh, <laughs> Tim Tim Badal is also going to be part of this, and Tim is the uh, news editor for Coast to Coast and also the host of the famous Badal of America. And uh, Tim is going to talk about uh, his visit to a Flat Earth conference last year. Yeah, that was, that was fascinating, yeah. Which that was... You're going to kind of get his, like, gonzo journalism, uh, anthropological right. take on it. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And Guy Malone, he's going to be talking about how angels, how, I mean, I'm sorry, how aliens are actually demons. So that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually part of the, but all and him were actually part of the conference last year. And also part of the conference last year was Timothy Renner. We really don't know what he's going to be talking about yet, but it's definitely something about Bigfoot. That's for sure. Yeah, it's what he talks about all the time. <laughs> Kiki Dombrowski, uh, she lived in Nashville till recently, and uh, she's going to be talking about prophecies. Um, we talked to her just the other night about her talk, and it uh, looks pretty interesting. So you can kind of see those previews up there uh, on our on our site on our like YouTube channel right now. Greg Bishop, you know, probably one of the one of the best researchers, author that's out there about all these weird subjects. Mm-hmm. So Greg is going to be talking about like kind of like how the phenomena reflects the obliqueness of the subject, whatever that means. Yeah. And uh, Jenny Ashford from the 13 o'clock podcast, she'll talk about some true, a true crime case that occurred in St. Augustine, Florida. Cool. And uh, so that's a little, just a little bit of true crime flavor on Friday night. Nice. And Steven Snyder, also known as the recluse. He is a researcher of parapolitical weirdness, and I'm not quite sure exactly what his presentation is going to be. He told me today that he's kind of working through it. It just kind of comes as it. It just kind of comes to him as uh, as he works through it. So, well, uh, that guy is, that guy has so much weird information. Period. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whatever he does is going to be chock full of information. Yeah. Jack Montgomery and also Tony Kale are two guys that write a lot about um, folk magic. Cool. And they're actually they're actually yeah, Hoodoo uh, for Tony writes a lot about that. And Jack is actually a powwow practitioner, and he is going to be talking about. Uh, they are both going to be doing a joint presentation in two parts, uh, where they're talking about folk magic and the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Joshua Cutchin, he's going to be talking about some paranormal aspects of Bigfoot. Cool. And he was there last year with us here in Nashville, and actually, and also Reverend Michael Carter. And uh, Reverend Carter is going to talk about UFOs in the Bible. Interesting. Our good friend Doctor Future, <laughs> also from Nashville. Doctor Future is gonna. Uh, Doctor Future is gonna talk about some aspects of some research that he has done for his his two masters two gospel book series. And um, Ren Collier is also going to be there. Ren is going to be talking about some occult aspects of Hollow Earth. Wow! And nice. Soraya Askath, last but not least, who is going to talk about time. And the mechanism of the paranormal. So 
That's the lineup, guys. That's who we have. And you it's, just mentioned John Tenney and Alan Greenfield previously. Yeah. Uh, guys, I'm not even lying. The stuff that you're going to hear from any of this that they're going to be presenting is mind-blowing. I mean, when I listen to your podcast, uh, it's um, rarely do I not walk away with like a nugget of knowledge, if not my whole brain explodes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not joking. I mean, there, awesome. I mean, usually it's like, okay, there's like I get a little peppered in, uh, little things. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's it. And other times, like, what the hell is this? You know. So, um, you guys uh, got some great guests, and these guys, the research they do is bizarre. I don't know where they find this stuff, but they do, and um, they, they, the, their brains are just perfect for like understanding it too because some of the stuff is very hard to to digest you know so yeah we really like it we like finding people with like a unique uh, perspective or take on on a like a wide variety of these type of topics uh but especially everyone at this uh everyone at this conference has been on the show multiple times i think and um you know they all have a unique perspective that you're you're not going to find everywhere yeah, and I, I, that's why I, you know when people ask me about like podcasts, I, I I always like if if I know they might be into that the, the genre, I'll be like, you gotta listen to Conspiracy Normal, and if any of the stuff even somewhat piques your interest, uh, signing up for this, it's like they said, it's a it's a three day event, uh, it's twenty dollars. You can't beat it. You can watch mm-hmm. it from your you can watch it from your home. You don't have to go to Nashville, and. Uh, you know, just the information, you know, download dump that you're going to receive is, you know, I mean, in some of the stuff you, you know, I know some people will be like, eh, I don't believe that or whatever. And it's like, fine, but there's some cool stuff here just that will like stuff you didn't even realize, you know, like that you were saying, like um, the uh, the gas, uh, gas station grimoires and stuff like that. I mean, um, that's that was fascinating, you know, by uh, Metcalf. I mean, that, that, yeah. I mean, that, that's really like it, what he's saying is true. It's like the you know magic that's been peppered in, uh, or or magic practice that's been peppered in throughout not just our everyday life, but even throughout our economy and all sorts of weird mm-hmm. things that you wouldn't even think about. And it's like, but there it is. You and know, sounds amazingly fascinating. And I, I just listened to the, your episode. Uh, we had the guy talking about. Uh, how Hitler escaped to Venezuela and there's like no evidence that he committed suicide or any of that stuff. It's, it was just like super interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. Gerard Williams. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a good show. Yeah. Yeah. There, you guys have quite a few good shows. I could, I could rattle off a few, but, uh, but yeah, Thank you. you guys, you guys do great. And, uh, Thanks, I, yeah. I, I cannot, you know, commend you guys enough for all the hard work you guys have done. And I know you guys have been at it for a while, so it's just super fast. Um, yeah, especially Adam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been doing it for eight years. Surfiel's been with me for it's been two and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been it's been a little while. Yeah. Well it's, uh, and for anybody that's just like into uh you know mostly sci fi, uh this has a big crossover and a and a long history. Um, you know, some uh the early pulp writers later became UFO people or even occultists. I know you referenced like Alan, Alan Greenfield, mm-hmm. him and a lot of his buddies got started with pulp sci-fi. 
Um, so this all, you know, it all cross pollinates, and it has a uh, it it has a long history of uh, this interaction between fantasy and these type of speculations. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't see how you couldn't because here you have, you know, like you're if you are a writer, if you are someone who is looking for inspiration, you yeah. start digging uh, into things like, oh, what is that about? You know, what is it? UFOs? What's uh, you know, uh, paranormal events or, or the occult? And all of a sudden, like you find it's like woven into everything. It's 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 all there except most people either you know ignore it. Or they know about it, and they just they're like don't they are afraid to even look into it well and a lot of it so. is our, our history is written for us, and it's written so incredibly censored it's not even funny, so well, that's true too yeah, that's that's a absolutely. big part of it too. We're just like spoon fed lies from you know first grade on or half yeah, yeah there's definitely a lot of a lot of weirder uh weirder elements to the to the stories absolutely. And uh, so uh, definitely check them out. And like I said before, you can check out the strangerealityconference.com. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and get on there and get your tickets. 20 bucks is not much. And like I said, it, you know, it's, it's the, the information you're going to get is going to be pretty, pretty sweet. So uh, I'm excited for it. So, yeah, it's going to be yeah. definitely chock full of information. And uh, for a little while, the, um, the presentations will still be up there on that Facebook group. Nice. So, so if people you can't can get go, to all of it at the right. same time. Yeah. We've got we've already got people who have signed up from Australia, from the Middle East, from 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 Europe. So, you know, I know that there's there's going to be a huge time. To, uh, there's going to be a huge like time zone difference, and we're just kind of basing the time on the Eastern time in the United States. So okay, cool. All right. Well, guys, let's get into just this uh, this chapter of Dune. We're in chapter 27. Um, uh, Serfiel said that he is the Dune uh, guru. <laughs> he knows all. Yeah, I, I've got... Um, I don't know about that, but uh, but I do have this really nice... I wish uh, you guys could see it. Uh, this is leather-bound um, <laughs> edition of uh, the first book. With like the little, you know, it's got the, like the gold um, on the uh, gold on the edge of the pages, and it's got oh, it's like little, the Bible, like, the little ribbon. It's like a Bible. Yeah, I wish I need to get the version with the red words, like with uh, Madiv's words. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite great. there, but it's pretty. It's pretty nice. And it's got a, it's got the maker on the back. And before we get started, I do just want to say, bless the maker and his water. Ah. Bless the coming and going of him. May his passage cleanse the world. May he keep the world for his people. There you okay. go. Thank you. Thank you. That was impre- that was impressive. <laughs> he had that quote ready. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. From um, the Princess of Elam. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off the chapter. Uh, Paul and Jessica are still in that uh, the Ornithopter, and they're going through the sandstorm, but. Paul realizes that it's the uh, the storm is subsiding, and he's kind of figuring out how to navigate through it. And uh, a down, uh, like an upspout of wind kind of pushes them up, and he banks his ornithopter a certain way to get him up, pretty much up above the whole storm. So uh, that uh, that saves their lives, but they do realize the ornithopter is damaged, and. Uh, 
they have to uh, put the ornithopter down. They find a little spot, Rocky Crag, because obviously they're worried about worms, right? And uh, I mean, ringworms, tapeworms, <laughs> all the worms. I mean, they, their food's probably not very good. <laughs> no, it's terrible. <laughs> it's awful stuff. And uh, Paul puts down the ornithopter, and he uh, basically he uses a, he, he puts it down in the sandy area where he knows that the worms are going to. Uh, take and gobble up the ornithopter so all evidence that they were even there will be uh, gone for the Harkonnens and the uh, Sadakar warriors that are searching for them if they are still searching for them so um, so, and from there uh, they they climb up into uh, the rocky crags they're going through everything to uh, uh, to escape the, and uh, worm, uh, it, the worm does show up and they comment that it's uh, the size of a guild spaceship. So they're both pretty freaked out by the size of it all. And uh, they, they travel along this ridge, you know, and it's, it's funny because this whole time, Jessica, who is his mother is starting to take orders from Paul or not orders, right. but kind of following his direction. And I don't know about your moms, but I don't think that would ever happen in my life. Yeah, you know. Well, I think it's kind of this him becoming a man thing. She's like recognizing him as right. a man and recognizing his like leadership potential. <laughs> yeah, but she is kind of putting his, her life in his hands. I mean, she calls him out more than once. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's funny. It's it's the it, the 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 little captions where she's like, you know, wow, he's. Really, you know, she's noticing the the steel in his voice or something like that. Just weird stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, maybe. But yeah, it is kind of weird in Oedipal too because his father just died, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's an odd thing. It's I I don't know. I just it seems weird to me that there's this getting kind of. Uh, I, I understand where Herbert's trying to kind of say that Paul's like changing right here. Like everything's changed for him since he entered the desert. But he's definitely. Um, I don't know how to put it. It's 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 uh it's it's a little like silly and a little bit though. It's a simplistic, I guess. That's what I'm. That's the way I'm working working for, you know. That uh, his mom is sort of like, oh Paul, you you're you're so you're so manly. So, oh Paul, maybe it is- not, I wasn't married to your dad, so it's not incest. <laughs> Wait, yes, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Shit, it, it still is. Damn it. <laughs> um. So yeah, so they uh, so they they're going along the ridge and um, and they uh, end up they're going to have to cross into uh, basically uh, another area where there's a uh, uh, another ridge to to run across. It's like kilometers away, and um, when they're about to do that, uh, his mom falls into like basically a sand pit. Like it's like she just kind of it's quicksand technically without the water. It's like a I don't know what you want to call it, but she just disappears. And Paul jumps down after her to pull her out. And when he pulls her out, uh, he loses his pack that has like their food, extra water, their tent, everything. And they have to, at first he's like, well, that's it. We're dead. We're done. And then game over, man. Game over. Exactly. And then he's, and then she's like, you know, I, I, I think you can, you work out a little bit more than just what you're, you know, than, than just give up right now. We we haven't come this far just to give up. And what happens is uh, he realizes that his um, yeah, he can use his mother his as a compass. grappling hook. 
Well, that true, but that too. <laughs> but he decides that he's he's going to do a science experiment where he uh, he's going to uh, take his paracompass, open it up, and he uses it to uh, uh, he knows uh, the spice is uh, al- alkaline, and uh, the uh, paracompass power pack is acid based. So if he mixes them up, he'll have this foam that somehow is going to open up the sand and move it. I, this part really yeah, it's kind of weird. It's it's a weird thing. I I'd love to try this. See if anybody's tried this <laughs> on an experiment. Dune does, chemistry. Does sand? Yeah, does this move sand? You know, I don't know. And by doing this, by mixing it up, that he does this subtly. It mixes uh, mixture mixes foam, and uh, Paul uses Jessica as a basically as Dave says as a grappling hook and pushes her into the sand where she grabs the pack try and try not to drown, mom. Yeah, try not to kill mom. And uh, they uh, they do. She gets hold of the strap, and they uh, end up pulling it up uh, the, the pack out. So, and uh, from there, uh, they decide they're going to, you know, uh, they're they're going to set up camp. They're not going to even try to run across that um, huge expanse yet. It's, it's just they're too exhausted from everything they've gone through. So they set up a tent that's in crag it's and daylight's coming too so they can't go of running through daylight they only have like an hour or so of, of of night left and um so and while they're doing that they uh they're sitting there and they're resting and they look out and they see just another sandworm comes by and it's like they says the side of a size of a, a, a i think a space frigate or something like that so it's enormous so they they can't get over how big these things are so what uh, they and that's where we so big what do, yeah, what do they eat? That's well, a very they, good they, question. They eat spicing, um, minor oh. things, you know, ornithopters, yeah, like nutritious things. You guys can't give away the uh, life cycle of the sandworm yet. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, so and that's where we end this chapter. So, um, you know, this is, as I said before, this is uh, them just uh, making their way through the desert, um, trying to survive. Um uh, Dave, what about you? Uh, any ideas or thoughts about this as you read this chapter? Uh, it just, uh, it's just kind of a nice bonding moment for, for uh, Paul and his mom, saving her life, proving that he's more of a man. Because, I mean, like she's, she's, coming to the, <laughs> she's coming to the realization because, you know, the Bene Desert training and she knows the spice is awakened and he's basically said as much that she, he's like, she knows he's changing in more ways than one. So, uh, it's just we're adding like a, a more heroic uh, stance on top of what j- just the the conversation uh, action as opposed to words. Uh, so you know it's uh, it's just it's moving things forward. The relationship is uh, going to get more complicated probably. So uh, how about you? Uh, I I you know I, like I said before I thought it was weird simplistic how they kind of making the mom be like well look at Paul he's growing up so much. I mean. You do say that with your kids. You're like, oh man, they've grown and they've changed. But I, you know, like, I, like again, I, if I was wandering the desert with my mom, I don't know if she'd have the same reaction to some of the stuff that Paul says and does. <laughs> you know. Um, However, Paul is, you know, bred for a specific purpose. So that's so true. He's he's not. Maybe a she's like man. recognizing, you know, as a Ben Jesuit and as the one who the bore him, mentality. you know, as part of that program. She's like. She's thinking like, oh, okay, this is what we created, you know. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's, there's more to it. Yeah. 
But I mean, I do get the simplistic thing, and it's something I brought up a lot. Like the book almost reads almost like a screen, a screenplay almost. There's not a whole lot of description. I mean, as 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 the book has gone on, it's gotten a little bit more into description, but it's very direct and in a way simplistic, like you were saying, with how it handles some of the writing. It's very different from most things I've read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we do end up with Jessica saying that she's. Um, uh, she's going to do more of his uh, Bene Gesserit training, his uh, Benu uh, Nervature. Uh, well, you were pitchy so, earlier, Paul, so we got to get you not pitchy. Yeah, exactly. I heard when you screamed in the Ornithopter before. Um, you sound like a little girl. <laughs> Didn't your balls drop when your dad died? Yes. So so he's definitely definitely going to uh, – she's definitely continuing his Bene Gesserit training even out in the desert. Paul's sort of like, well. Mom, it's really now the times. Like, you got anything better to do, kind of thing. So, um, five. So she's she's continuing the training as well. So, uh, uh, I, I you know this is kind of a transistory uh, transition uh, chapter to how they're going to obviously link up with the Fremen later on. But still uh, yeah, still are. But um, yeah, it's uh, still it's it's interesting to see Paul changing. Uh, Serfiel, anything that you want to say about this chapter or anything else about Dune itself? Yeah, I revisited the chapter um, and there's a few things that kind of stood out to me. Um, his his presence is like um, he's he's recognizing this extra dimension to it in that mm-hmm. um, I believe Gurney like isn't there. Is that what he said? It then, was like, it was Duncan Idaho, I think. He oh, had, Duncan. Uh, okay, so yeah, sort of like a thought. Of so him. he's recognizing this weird element to the presence where it's almost like this um, reality selection thing, and we're starting to like get some hints of uh, the the problem with presence and divination that we start encountering, especially in the later books, and this idea of like um, you know being able to change the uh the outcomes of the future or being trapped by the presence itself and uh so we're starting to get some kind of hints at those themes i think in it um then another thing i thought was interesting was that they he talks about how much the uh litany against fear had this power to it mm. and i guess it was something that he had always like memorized before um but in this like moment of extreme, you know, dread, like using it and like actually, you know, it, it being like very operative, I guess he like recognizes this, this extra dimension of power to it. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was real interesting. Um, and then this is really where I think this is where he gets really up close and personal with, a worm for the first time. Yes. Because I know they see a worm when, um, when they With rescue the, the workers. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The harvester. And then, um, but I think this is where, you know, he really gets up close and, and personal to it. And it has some kind of, a some kind of transformative, uh, effect on him. I wonder if this is the yeah. end scene in the preview. Cause you see two figures, uh, presumably Paul and Jessica looking at that worm, looking at them. Probably because that's what they yeah they they did that in the in the Lynch one too, right? Yeah, it, it, very similar in certain ways. Um, yeah, I, I um, 
this is yeah, this is the first chapter they really do see the worm besides you said the the spice harvester and and obviously they have no real protection to get away from it other than the the rock formations that they're they're in. So um yeah, some great ideas or get great thoughts there with uh with Paul. But um and he is struggling with that. He does. He's he's going through different uh, different parts where he's seeing things in the future, and he's he's even like uh, like I think when he was flying the ornithopter, there's certain points where he realizes uh, just how his muscle moves and how he can uh, react certain ways faster or or uh, to to um, calculate where the yeah. wind is coming and stuff like that. And so it's almost got I'm, this like quantum dimension to it. Yeah, exactly. And the Mentat side of him, or his Mentat training, has probably helped him with the human computer aspect of to calculate things in his head real quickly. So, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. And obviously, this is where he, you know, comes into his own. I mean, we uh, a couple chapters back when uh, they um, where he has the, the the waking visions and stuff like that of the future, and, and he sees the jihad in the future. Uh, as Dave mentioned before, and saw the horror of it, but he didn't see any other way at that time. So, um, yeah. Uh, so he, it, since he got out in the open desert, this is where every he, the, 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 he awakens all these abilities. Uh, before they were kind of, they were there, but they were all kind of like all just kind of like very quiet in his life. Mm-hmm. So uh, now it's he can't he can't deny them. So. One thing I did want to I did want to say um, about one of my observations of the the books in general, um, I think, and I'm not sure. Um, I've read like a lot of the the uh, books uh, of essays written by Herbert and stuff, which has been a long time. Uh, but it seems like the the idea of the jihad and everything is is it really relates to like uh, Stalin to me. This like idea that if Stalin hadn't have been so brutal and turned the Soviet Union to what it was to be able to have this war machine, then they would have been easily destroyed by the Germans. Mm-hmm. But like what he did was like necessary to even save uh, Russia and the the surrounding area uh, itself. Like I think that's kind of that's what Paul's journey really reminds me of. And, I mean, I guess we're all talking to people who pretty much have read these, but mm-hmm. um, he's like preparing humanity, and this jihad is like necessary to brutally prepare humanity for something that's to come. That's interesting. Um, yeah, just uh, that without, I guess, <laughs> without the a monster like like Stalin, um, and, and that is been. a, and that's yeah, that's a. a you know, popular way of looking at things for a lot of Russians even today. And I've, I've known a few who kind of, you know, that's pretty much how they think about it on some kind of like larger level. It's probably how they look at Putin right now. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is with Stalin is like, he did so many things so stupid as well. Like, you know, uh, you know, getting rid of all of his command officers when they were telling him that the, that the Nazis were going to (laughs) invade and stuff like that. You know, he kept on sending them off to the gulags or executing them and stuff like that. So, um, just like stupid, stupid ways of thinking. He was such a control freak and so small minded. Oh, absolutely insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. But yeah, I mean, sometimes it takes some, but something like that to, you know, just be completely, 
inhuman to uh, to push things in a certain direction. And um, I guess that's I guess in the end that's you know, kind of you know what Machiavelli was trying to say in The Prince. You know, just that you have to be so uh, underhanded and so so awful that you know that basically nice guys finish last kind of, thing, kind of deal <laughs> which it, like everything that you've been taught is like not going to get you anywhere in life <laughs> i mean i mean isn't it i mean isn't that kind of what it says and and you know even if you look at stalin or if you want to go into dune you know go into what paul does and uh what happens future in future books yeah, yeah, but the flip the flip side of that is, you know, without the Medici's, um, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't have a lot of uh, wouldn't have any art. the best parts of Western civilization. Yeah, oh, that's true. So you're saying you take the the good with the bad? Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I'm not really trying to make any big philosophical judgments, but <laughs> just uh, you know, <laughs> just pointing things out. Yeah, like, you know, Stalin did a pretty good fight against the Nazis, and uh, the Medici's uh, rescued the hermetic literature and and, uh, funded (laughs) some good art, you know? (laughs) Aaron, is it it your guy's goal to uh, do every chapter, like, to do every book with this whole chapter-by-chapter thing? Um, Or do you just want to do the first one? We're going to try to do the first one, and then, you know, we'll see where we'll go afterward. You know, like I don't, you know, like maybe we'll take a break and do another book, um, or maybe you know, if, if we're all jazzed and we want to do Dune Messiah, we'll jump into that. I kind of you just, just got to continue until all the way through Chapter House, man. Okay. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, I, I really want, I really want to get to God Emperor of Dune because I, I don't. Yes. I, I, I'm just like. I don't know. I haven't read the books before, but I was just looking at some YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, like what's going on with Dune? And I found found a video. It was like the ten most powerful people in Dune, and Leto Atreides the second or whatever the the Worm Emperor. I'm like, what? What the hell is this? And I, I'm like, I just need. Oh, to, dude, I, don't don't give it away. If not, the spoiler alert. Oh man. I, <laughs> I just need. I just need to know how this happens. So I'm just trying to. I I, I want to get to God Emperor of Dune so I can see this craziness. I'll tell you off air, man. If you really want to know, I'll give you the secret handshake. Yeah, that's <laughs> but still, like, I, I, I want to like see the see it progress of the book and everything. It's, it's, yeah, it'll blow your mind. Yeah, it sounds it's, it sounds insane. And the first book is just kind of like dipping your toe in, and then it sounds like by God Emperor of doing it's gone like completely batshit crazy. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses as the books go on. Oh, cool, and you know, like. Um, you know, maybe we'll never get to the, uh, the to the end of all of the books because there there are quite a lot. And like you said, even his son wrote other books, which well, you know I have. Anderson wrote like fifteen of them. Right, right, right. So um, there's quite a lot to get through. So we could be here for a very long time. And chapter by chapter makes things go a lot longer. And then yeah. aren't like most of the books his son and Kevin Janison wrote? They're all, most of them are prequels. I, I don't know. Maybe uh, Sir Fiala yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them. I think. Uh, I think most of them are. You're right about that. It's like sixty percent of the new Dune books take place before Dune. This book, which Dune really solves the, um, and I guess this isn't spoilers because um, this is the prequel material. Um, the uh, Dune really solves the problem of technology. In these mm. vast, uh, you know, space 
epics and, and operas in that uh, it takes care of the uh, all the issues with thinking machines taking over, etc. It puts that all in the past right. because at, at one point the thinking machines did try to take over. They had the Butlerian Jihad uh, where humanity came out on the other side uh, with strict regulations against letting uh, machines think and uh, the development of actual human powers and human potential to almost become computer-like, uh, which is where you get the Mentats and you get weird things like the Talaxu and these other people right. on these different planets. So like because it solves that issue. So we're not in some kind of transhumanist future. It's still mortal humans living on, you know, thousands of years into the future, just using the, the potentials of humans and the human body. Drugs are the answer, not technology. Drugs. Are well, the drugs answer. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, different very, kinds of biological symbiosis also. Yeah. Yeah. The, the spice must flow. Yeah, absolutely. My veins. Uh, <laughs> um, very interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I this is a uh, um, it's great uh, having you guys on this episode. And uh, Serviel, I'm glad you are here because you have such a vast knowledge of doing. I never get to talk to anyone about it, too, man. It's really- <laughs> is it is it like having your favorite band and nobody knows the band? Yeah, except that's about to all change for us so yeah but you know it's like they it's only a, know that the one album you know i mean yeah like, true i mean like i think uh i think when we do the dune movie we should get you back on so we can talk about it again okay okay cool movie. and you it, you'll be recovered from strange realities by that point so when does the movie to... come out who knows <sighs> i thought the trailer was gonna have a date on it so uh, the date is still okay. in flux. I mean, I know it was originally slated for December this year, but with no date at the end of the trailer, I'm, I'm guessing they're still figuring that out in, in this COVID world. Wow. Yeah. In, in a world so where I've got my little movie theater set up. Problems yet. <laughs> yeah, I've got my little movie theater set up uh, with a projector and a big, big sheet, so everything should be. Uh, uh, if I have to. If I have to rent it or however it's distributed, I will. Wikipedia nice. says December eighteenth, twenty twenty. Still, so Uh-oh. I wonder if they are going to indeed put it out. Um, if they're just going to put it out as a uh, on demand. I feel like they're not we, because I mean I would I would if if they were sold on that I would assume that trailer would have had a date on it. Yeah, I'm thinking because I, I, the trailer uh, did not have a date. They're they're still in flux. Uh, that's that's my best. Yeah. Well, maybe they just didn't know why they they put it together. I I um I, where, where would they even release that? They don't like uh, Warner Brothers. Do they have? They don't have their own streaming site, right? How have these other movies? Some other. I mean, a bunch of movies have come out, uh, and they're like thirty bucks or something. It probably be HBO yeah. Max because isn't that. How the Justice League Snyder cuts coming out because AT and T acquired that, the, whatever the company. Oh, I, I don't know Warner that. Brothers. I guess AT and T acquired Warner Brothers and AT and T superseding them for the Snyder cut oh. since Warner Brothers okay. wanted to come out. So hmm. I guess theoretically it could come out on HBO Max. Yeah, 
for an additional charge? Possible. Because that's what Disney Plus is doing. They're they're putting out like Mulan or whatever for an additional charge through their right. platform. So maybe who knows? Right, right, right. Uh, guess we'll find out. Um, I, I mean, I I don't think theaters are open even out here in Buffalo area. Um, we uh, the we have the drive-in, which you, the drive-in was is great. So, do you guys have drive-ins out in Nashville? Yeah, we have a couple outside of town. Oh, nice, Aaron. So, uh, Kaylee actually found out that um, they're not playing Tenant in New York because of some like feud, like New York governor and the distributor and Chris Nolan are in. So they're not showing it in oh, New gosh. York anywhere because they because they won't open up the ins the inside theaters. Okay, in, in New York City, because Cuomo won't open them up. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, they've pulled tenant from the entire state. Jeez, man! Yeah, so, that ain't cool. So we we can't even watch it here in New York. Uh, I guess I'll just pirate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fails. come on! I mean, it's like, yeah, come on, man! It's not cool. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the conspiracy normal podcast. <laughs> we don't pirate anything. No, 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 no. Don't take me away, NSA. Um, all right, well, guys, uh, it's great to have you on. And uh, like I said before, go to StrangeRealitiesConference.com uh, uh, to get your tickets. Uh, it's really, really cool stuff. I'm not even lying. Stuff that they talk about is worth checking in and, and, and you know getting your 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 mind expanded a little bit stretch out that that mind and uh seeing what they have because and it's everything you can think of you know from ufos to to paranormal to political uh conspiracy stuff i mean anything under the sun think of it as audio visual spice to expand your mind (laughs) fold space you can fold space after getting your ticket so (laughs) Um, yeah so definitely check it out 20 bucks ticket it's definitely um, worth checking out so um, Adam Serfriel thank you so much for thanks a lot and uh, guys uh, next week we'll be getting into the next couple chapters so get ready for more Dune uh, and Still guy. <laughs> He'll be showing up. All right, guys. Until next week, let the spice flow. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye.